right, so this is an example of of something that's called tapestry. Now, the difference between something that's that's called tapestry and something that's just a weave. So with a weave, this green thread will go through the whole thing. So, so the whole thing would be green. But if you notice, you have thread that stops and begins another color. And it's weaving in another color, which is weaving in another color, weaving in another color. And the interesting thing is they wove an image in here. Right? And so tapestry is various different things being woven in to make one. Right? Right? But, but it has to, but if you notice, it's, it's woven in tight. It's together, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't get to see what you're seeing. All right, so, so you, could, uh, you could just flip that off. So, so I, I read the word tapestry. I saw the song tapestry. So the Lord, I was like, Lord, why do you keep showing me this? What does this have to do with anything? He says, well, this has to do with your message. So I went and looked up the lyrics of the chorus of the song. And it says, maker of heaven and, and maker of earth and sky and everything before our eyes. Your word formed life and light within the crucible of time. It says, the genesis of all mankind. Look, our lives, a tapestry of grace. Your hand has weaved together. It says, in you, no thread will ever fray. This is, our, this is ours forever. Now, it's saying, listen, our lives are a tapestry. We all have so many different people, but God has set our lives, what the scripture says in Ephesians, your favorite scripture, what? Fitly joined. Fitly joined together. And it said, it said, our lives are a tapestry of grace. Grace has afforded all of us to be together and to be able to be weaved together. Right? It says, uh, your hand has weaved us together. In you, in you, no thread shall ever fray, unravel. And see, so... We've been talking about unshakable, and, and that's the whole thing. When, when, when the shaking comes, it's trying to unravel you. It wants you, it wants you to be the thread that unravels, that gets pulled away. You, ever, uh, you have a garment, and there's a piece that's uh, disconnected in a way, and your temptation is what? You pull it. But some people have pulled that thread and unraveled the whole garment. One piece of thread, not the whole thread, just one piece, unraveled the whole thing because it was fitly joined together. And to see the interesting thing about us, uh, Jamal, Jamal's uh, message was uh, you're not defective, right? Well, sometimes we see ourselves as defective and somebody, was it you, Stephanie, that said that we, uh, who said we unqualify ourselves? Who was that? That was you. Yeah. So a lot of times we unqualify ourselves, but but... But while we're thinking in that level of isolation, we're, we're the ones that the devil can pull to unravel the whole thing. Right? And so if, if we're going to, you know, obviously we've been talking about being unshakable. But if we're going to really stay together, right, we got to make sure we stay connected with God. See, see, I look at this trinity. Trinity is something woven. Right? That's something woven it becomes a tapestry because we were engrafted. We were engrafted into the kingdom. 
we we were at it like that when you looked at that 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 uh that that piece of tapestry there were the image was added in <laughs> yeah see it was it was engraved it was engrafted in and that's what God has been trying to do with us the whole time so he tells us uh, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's just that transformation actually weaves us in. The you know, scripture says, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 18. Uh, let's, go, let's go there. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Because what's been happening is we've been allowing ourselves to be unraveled. And, 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 so, so what happens is we peek out of being a part of this tapestry of God's creation and the devil tries to pull us <laughs> out of the presence of God to unravel God's entire plan, right? And so, so we have to um, challenge ourselves to not be easily uh, pulled, <laughs> right? So 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, but we all with open face beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord so uh, let's go to Genesis I'm, I'm, trust me I'm not even somebody said uh, Jamal was talking about I used to, I'm not even on my notes so, so uh, uh, Genesis 1 Because I was meditating on the whole unshakable message, and the Lord was showing me. He said, Keith, I, I'm just trying to get y'all to be what I designed. Like, I gave you everything already. I'm just trying to get you to be. Like, like you think, Keith, you think you got this great revelation of being unshakable? No, nah, I'm just trying to remind you, you guys are who you are. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> I couldn't see that. All right, so let's do uh, verse 26. It says, and God said, let us make man in what? Our image, right? And after our likeness and let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own what? Image in the image of God created he him male and female created he them and God blessed them and God said unto them be what fruitful produce multiply replenish the earth look and subdue it and then he closed out with the same thing he began with and have dominion over the fish of sea over the fowl of the air over, over every living thing that moveth on earth so this dominion is you've been engineered to be unshakable. See, a person that has dominion is not shook under pressure, under fear, under pull, because he has dominion. You know, that, that's an that's a authority, that's a powerful word. So God engineered us to be unshakable. And the thing is, what the devil has been trying to do is to contaminate us with the things of the world so that we're shakable. Like, like this is because the more you take into the world, the weaker you are and the more corrupt you are. And we talked about this in our 915. Like, like we, we, uh, we ascribe to these things of the world without thinking about it. You know, and then we just say, well, you know, we make statements like everybody's doing it or 
I don't see anything wrong with that. But what are we really looking? What's in our head? And I, and I, I, I share this with you as a, as a, I was gonna say a former athlete, but I, I'm still an athlete, right? Yeah, so, so I still play. But, but one thing I learned in athletics is well, first thing I learned in Newark, New Jersey, is to be stoned. That means, so as a point guard, no matter what the pressure was, I had to be stoned. So I couldn't be shook. So that was the goal. I had to, I had to grow to that, you know. In the early days, I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like Venetia, you know, like, you know, you pass me the ball, you know, take the shot. What? <laughs> okay, okay, give me a sec, you know. But but I grew to be becoming which what we call in our culture stone, where you would be on the court and you'd be like, like, did this dude know I'm here? I was playing in the league, and a guy was their enforcer. So they put him in the game to in, enforce pain on the person they wanted to rattle. So since I was the feature player, they put him in the game to enforce pain on me. So at the end of the game, we go outside. We're in the parking lot. We're about to leave. So the guy comes up to me. He says, uh, cast you something? Are you a, a man of God? I was like, yeah, but how would you know? He said, because... I'm the enforcer for our team, and they put me in the game, and they said, you were the guy to rattle, but you were playing like I didn't exist. I'm trying everything to get you off of what you're doing, but it was almost like, do you understand I'm here? Do you realize what I'm doing to you? But I was trained to be unshakable, to be stone, calm, cool, and collective under pressure, right? And the other piece you learn in sports is... uh, Stay focused. Like you can't uh, stay focused. Meaning, uh, somebody was talking about this week. You talked about it, and she uh, cosigned. You said being in your head a lot, right? So one of the things playing, especially playing basketball, point guard, is I can't just be all in my head. I got to be locked in. And the thing is, what I used to when I coach, I used to tell the players before the game, don't talk to nobody. Don't talk to your cousin, your mama, your sister. Don't look in the stands. I said because if you do. Whoever you engage with will be in your head the whole game. So when you're coming down and you're making a move, you're making a move with them looking at you. But if you ain't talked to nobody, you're locked in on what you're doing. Now, 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 I'm saying that because to maintain our dominion, to stay unrattled, to, to stay locked in on what God said, to be unshakable, the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, to cast down all imagination. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Now, that's the only scripture in the Bible. Second, let's go there. Let's, let's look at it. You know, you might not want to take my word for it. But it's in the book. So, 2 Corinthians 10. I said verse 5, but we'll, we'll just, since we're reading through it, we'll start with uh, verse 3, since it's really leading into uh, verse 5. I have to get there, I know. But it says, uh, verse 3 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So basically, we're living this life, we have fleshly bodies, but we don't war, we don't respond using our flesh. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The word carnal means fleshly. 
It says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So just for a second here, we'll park their strongholds so we can all have a full understanding and we're on the same page. So uh, strongholds are, 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 are almost like unshakable negative thoughts in your mind. Right? So, so what happens is uh, we've, we've taken on the mind of Christ. And let's say the adversary, adversary doesn't have access to your spirit. Uh, but he does have access to your mind. He can offer you thoughts, right? It's our job to cast them down or, or reject them. So let's say he offers you a thought. So you have the wrong thought in your mind to do something you know you shouldn't be doing. You know, it could have been last night, earlier this week. It could have been anything. It could have been, I should have told the truth, whatever. Well, that thought's in your mind, but for you to act on that thought, it has to stay in your mind, Right? So what happens is, you, you're, you're, how many people have done something they know they shouldn't have done, besides me? All right, so I have to say besides me, so everybody get them hands up, right? <laughs> right? So we all included, right? Well, normally, how does that play out? You know you ain't supposed to do it, but you, you really are a nice person. You're not evil. You want to do right. Right? Right? That is right. I should got amens from everybody, right? <laughs> Unless you want to do wrong, Right? I so 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 you have to come up with a reason, right? Normally, most of the stuff that we've done get ourselves in trouble. We came up with a reason. Now we probably called it a good reason, but it got us in trouble. It wasn't a good reason, and and so those reasons are building pillars in your mind, holding the thought. The reason is actually telling you the thought's okay, which you're processing through is okay, right? And so you build up enough reasons to hold the thought in your mind long enough to eventually you act on it. Right? Does that make sense? So, that's it. so, so now you have a stronghold in your mind. Okay? All right? So, so, and that came from uh, in the book of Genesis uh, when God told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? But then they ate of the tree. Before they ate of the tree, evil wasn't an option. So you didn't have to, before the aid of the tree, everything was literally all good. I know we use that, throw that phrase around now, but everything is not all good now, right? But before the tree, because God, God said, God, God created the waters and it was good, right? He created the trees and it was good, right? Right? Created the heavens and it was good, right? Then it said he created man and he was very good, right? Didn't you say that? Right? Right? So that means everything was what? All good. Now... Don't touch this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Once they eat the tree, now you're considering good and evil. But to consider good and evil, you have to reason. Reason what didn't even exist before they ate of that tree. So that's what we do now, right? We reason if we're going to do good or evil. If we're going to do worldly or spiritual, right? If we're going to be all in or not in. If we're even going to visit, <laughs> right? Does it make sense? All right, so let's go back to the scripture now that we have a full understanding of strongholds, right? So, so it tells us when these things come up in our mind, it's going to try to create the strongholds. Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Now, and, oh, well, let's read verse 6 because this is important. It says, having the readiness... Like I'm watching and waiting to revenge all disobedience, not some, when your obedience is fulfilled. So now 
you have this, this life that all we have to do is follow God's instructions. They that are led by the spirit of the sons of God, right? All we got to do is follow God's leading. All we got to do is follow God's word, meditate on the word day and night, do all that's written therein, then shall you make, make your way prosperous, then shall you have good success. Joshua 1.8. So, so basically all I got to do is meditate on this and do what it says. I'm going to be successful and prosperous, right? If that's the only scripture in the Bible, how do I become successful and prosperous? Meditate on God's word and do it. Simple enough, right? So that, that, that's uh, as J uh, Jamal was saying, uh, no, it was Lewis was saying when he said the people standing up here, he says what they represented was obedience. And I'm going to tell you, if you, I, you know, you probably won't get everything that happened because you had to be here, but I would meditate on those CDs. It was phenomenal. It, I, I've never, I've never experienced nothing like that. They're, this week was so phenomenal. But they were obedient. Even though, because Stephanie talked about how she was tempted to change her message. But she was the last person and she sealed everything. And I, listen, people got breakthroughs. People were broken. People were restored. People, it was revived. People were revived. Like, not, not you know, people just throw the word around and just have a, you know, have a meeting where everybody's just shouting and stuff like that. But ain't nobody reviving. Revive actually means something. And we saw it take place. Well, the thing is, we're reviving into back to what's going to make us prosperous, successful, fulfilled, because that impacts lives. You know, the Bible says, let your light shine. Your light ain't shining if you ain't successful and prospering. Right? It's just not. And what I mean is going, just bear with me, going back to Genesis 1, fruitful, multiply, replenish. So when you produce stuff, you're multiplying what you produce to others. You're replenishing what God's doing. You know, God gives seed to the soul. He gives you stuff and you replenish and you keep things going. Like you don't eat the seed, right? Right. 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 Amen. Okay. <laughs> Maybe some people eating seeds, all right? <laughs> I just let you know the seeds are not for consumption. They're for replenishing, right? And so, so what the devil wants to do, though, is he doesn't want us meditate on the word day and night. He doesn't want us successful. He doesn't want us prospering. Like he wants, he wants us uh, fronting. He wants us isolated. He wants us afraid to be vulnerable, right? He don't want you healed. You know, we know that, right? And why? Because he wants you shook anytime you're under pressure. He, he doesn't want you to respond. Uh, the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. He don't want you to respond in stillness. He wants you panicking. Like, uh, then they do, uh, 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 one of y'all got shook. Then the nigga shook. Like, yeah, right. He says, so, 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 so that's how he wants you to roll. Now, but he has to, he has to do it subtly because he's a deceiver. The Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices. Right. So he has to slip in, uh, the world and the world's way and plan off of the world's ways. We react based on the world react. We make business decisions based on the world, do the way the world does. Like, and, and the thing is, we keep running in this, uh, like the mouse running the wheel. Uh, what's the game I play uh, called? It was by, uh, what's, what's the guy? Uh, no, what is it? The, yeah, Rich Dad Porter, thank you. And it was the rat race, right? It was, it was running the rat race, right? So, so what, the, what the adversary wants us to do is he wants us to be running on that wheel, right? 
and, and, and but he wants you easily shaken because how many of us you, 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 you've smelled or you may even smell now you can taste what God has planned like you know uh, somebody was talking about it uh, it was you she was telling the story of whatever the cartoon and it was like the the uh, the, the person in the cartoon tapped into another spirit and the spirit he tapped into he was be able to go beyond his limits right I was feeling that, that was, he did a great message last night right and the thing is so God's trying to get us to tap into the Holy Spirit so we'll be go, go beyond our limits because it seems like every time we get to the point where we're about to cross over and make that major a, uh, acquisition and, and close that major deal we get shooken like God sends, like the thing is, God sends you what he designed for you, not what you believe you're ready for. Okay, so, so God sends you what he designed for you, not what you believe you're ready for. Right? Because sometimes God will send you something, you're like, oh, no, that, you definitely ain't send that for me because I'm not ready for that right now. Look, 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 I want something where I'm in control. I want something I can see the outcome. But God sends you something that could tempt you to be shook because it's exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think or even you think you can do. But God is saying, what I'm sending you, you're going to need me to do, and you're going to have to stay interwoven into me. You have to stay in my tapestry to get it done. But what we do is we abort that mission because we don't believe we can stay locked into God. We believe we're going to be shook. Why? Because we've been shook before. Now we don't let the videos or the or the the fellas or the girls or whatever tempt us or anger or what happened in the past. We let it shake us from keep moving into that greatness that we're really believing for. Ain't that right? Right. So the reason why God is trying to prophetically speak over to us to be unshaken, he's trying to get us back to not being shook not being so easily tempted to settle for. Not being so easily tempted. See, that song by Hillsong stood out for me because it said we're a tapestry of grace. So I told, we're, we're, like, uh, what, what we saw this week, somebody brought it out yesterday, it was all these different teachings, right, Z? And everybody had different ways to teach it, different styles. Uh, uh, Stephanie did a sonnet up in his piece. It was, I mean, it was sweet. Like, she had, like, God in the background or so, or, or the conscience or somebody in the background talking, you know. Like, it, 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 was, it was awesome. Uh, and, yeah, she sang. Like, it, it was a variety show up in there. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying, she had a different package. But it was, it, man, it had us all, like, like, almost like, what's next, right? I heard somebody say at the end, man, I, I think it was Lewis. It was like, man, I, why it had to be over? <laughs> Couldn't it be more? Like, right? You understand? It's like, that's how it flow. Uh, well, uh, Jamal, like, Jamal was teaching, but it was like spiritual rap. No, uh, sp or spiritual spoken word. Like, it was, it was, but it was, it, he was flowing. And, and I get it. Sometimes we go, well, slow down. Like, like in other words, because sometimes we could be selfish, right? We'd be like, I need everybody in here to conform to what's comfortable for me. Which, wouldn't it be more, make more, be wiser for you to, to catch up with everybody else? Yeah. 
But it's everybody slow down for me. But God is not slowing down because he wants you to catch up. And eventually you'll see the pace that you, 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 you can operate it. You don't teach a kid how to ride a bike saying, well, if you're not comfortable with balancing, you just stay over there. No, you, you challenge them to do stuff they didn't do. Now, what I used to do is I would get them on a bike and I would run them real fast. I'd be behind them <laughs> and I'd be talking to them, you know. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. Well, halfway down, down riding, I don't let go. And I'd be like, oh, you got it. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not holding the bike. They're they, they riding themselves. Then, then after a while, I'd just be quiet. They'd be riding all down there. <laughs> then they realize I ain't said nothing. <laughs> and they get shook. <laughs> you was already riding. You was rolling. You had your balance. Yep, but soon as you didn't hear the voice, Amen. you got shook. <laughs> right? Right, so, so God is trying to get us someplace. Listen, I, this, I'm going to tell you all right now. This is not how I had this planned out. Like, totally. Uh, what'd you say? It, like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, Jamal was teaching this week, uh, and he used an example of Saul. Uh, actually, he articulated it better than I've heard it done in a long time. But uh, what he said was, God had gave Saul some information. So now, th th now the information he gives him is in the midst of attack, war, panic, and you know he has his army coming. He says, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do. I just need you to wait seven days, and we got it covered." Seven, seven days and we, we'll take care of it. Just need seven days now. Not seven years, seven days. Now you got, now Saul done seen all types of victories. God done all, all types of stuff. So uh, the way Jamal described it, seven days and two seconds. Well, uh, he got shook. Well, well, the man of God ain't here. You know, uh, remember they was arguing at each other. Hey, the man of God ain't, well, forget you then. Like, you know, so Saul, he tripping now. He said, man, man, bring me the E5. I'm going to pray. He knew he's supposed to be here. He said seven days. Man, you still got 24 hours in a day. Right. Amen. So Saul decides to take the responsibility of a priest. He was so shook, he lost his mind, panicked, and took an office that wasn't given to him. Listen to what I just said, because I'm not just talking about Saul here. He panicked. He didn't think God was going to promote him. God was going to deliver him. So he put his hands on it. Right? And so, uh, so Samuel shows up, like he said he would. And, and uh, <laughs> what have you done? Like, like, are you crazy? And so Jamal has said something that I thought was powerful. Jamal said that he, uh, that one moment, moment of disobedience, because the scripture says that he would lose his kingdom, like nobody going to be on the throne in his kingdom forever. I so, let's say some of us was in Saul's lineage. 
we walking around working on these jobs, people treating us crazy, right? And and some for something in us we don't feel right. Like we don't feel like we supposed to be there. Like and it seems like I'm working for people. I I just feel like they should be working for me, right? What's that in us? See, we, we have that, that lineage of, uh, of that blood in our system that we're supposed to be kings, royal in a certain place. But because somebody made a bad decision, we show up working in the palace when we would have had the palace. Now, now, I just mentioned Saul. You have decisions you're supposed to make. You have things you're supposed to wait for. If you panic, get shook, and don't do what God tells you to do. Some of us have done it. It's not just costing you. It's costing your lineage. It's costing generations. You got shook in a moment and it had an eternal impact. Didn't you say something similar to that? I just, I just remixed it a little bit, you know, just a little remix. Right. <laughs> All right, so, so, so that's uh, 1 Samuel 13, uh, 10 to 14. But, but I, I just thought that was powerful. And, and, and I think you, Jamal, you gave another example too. I don't know if I wrote it down. Solomon. Thank you. And, and did I write that down? Hold on. Pretty good with notes. But he was saying how Solomon, same deal. He had to stay locked in. He compromised, but it affected generations forever. So we think we're making temporary decisions, moment decisions. No, 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 no. We're making eternal decisions. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 6, lay hold on eternal life. And the scripture says, don't look on the things that you see for the temporal. Look on the things that you can't see for the eternal. It's saying, don't spend all your time looking in through your natural lenses. You need to be looking through your faith lenses. You need to look into... Because the scripture says we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, right? So he said, you need to be looking beyond the realm of what you see because the choices you make are impacting where you're going, not just where you're at. And so we, we, we okay, so, so uh, how old is Tatum now? 14 months. Okay, so there was decisions made before Tatum showed up that's having an impact on Tatum now. There's certain things Tatum see that you never saw at Tatum's age. He's exposed to things and he has access to things that you've never seen his age. So that means his start was different from yours. Correct? It's not like you ain't had nothing, but you understand my point. So if his start was different from yours, what do you think his future is like? If, 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 if what he sees now is his norm. So now he sees 7,600 square foot house. That's That's... Like Tatum ain't walking around going, wow. <laughs> like, I ain't know. I've been at the house. I ain't never seen Tatum. Uh-uh. Pastor Keith, you got to see this, man. <laughs> I'm not for real, man. You got to see this, man. This is, man, listen, every time I, hey, every time I get on my crib, man, I just don't understand. <laughs> These my parents. He, he ain't rolling like that. I watch him. He, he business as usual. That's his norm. So what's his future? So, so, so if you're looking at it from that perspective, because I seen you go, you're looking at 
that perspective with your responsibility to make sure he achieves that future. Oh, don't get quiet in the church now, in the Holy Ghost church. <laughs> don't get quiet in the Holy Ghost church now. <laughs> right, so, 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 so we can't be shook. Like that, the skit was great. It was great. You can't be pulled. You can't be swayed. You can't be tempted. You can't be rattled. You can't be unraveled. There's lives at stake. Listen, I'm one of those kids. If y'all don't realize this, children grow up. Just newsflash. I mean, I know it's probably like, really? Yeah. So, so a decision was made. I'm just flowing with the Holy Spirit. But a decision was made uh, when I was young. So, so, so my parents had me say, one, two, three, four, four. I'm, I was the youngest, fifth. So they had it. They, they, but, but when they had me, it was, it was, they were both shaking. You know, they were like, it was, it was, uh, it's hard to be together. So, uh, so. My mom, she, she couldn't take it. She just couldn't take it. You know, she saw my dad as, uh, uh, this is on video. Well, it's true. It's true. It's true. So my dad was kind of more of a player. So she just couldn't take it. She took all the kids one day. Took all the kids over to Mama House, right? I said Mama. So they took over to Mama House. And uh, so my dad, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. You ain't just, you ain't, whoa, whoa. My kids. So, now he wasn't saying my kids from the stand, standpoint that he was trained how to parent. He was just standing from the standpoint of, I'm daddy. I, I'm the man in this house. You know, you ain't just. So, what he did was, he went to get the kids. So, Children's Service got involved and he ends up getting the kids. He was working, you know. I had to make a long story short, they went to court. And, of course, the older kids went with the person that was working. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Well, I was in, I was just nurturing. I was young, you know, one, one and a half, or whatever. So the uh, Department of, let me see, Department of Family Youth, Department of, what is it? Department of Youth and Family Services. DIFUS, right? That's what we used to call it in New Jersey. All right, so they, uh, they said, well, we'll, we'll we're going to have to keep this young fellow because he's, you know, he needs like, like, care, you know, like Tatum care, you know. So, so my dad was supposed to get settled and then come back and get me. Well, I didn't reunite my family till I was uh, 14. And that was just visiting them on the weekends. I stayed with the foster parents for 17 years. So now you made decisions. And the thing is, I was a kid when you made the decision. And, and again, the, the, my dad's not an evil person. He just one trained to be a parent, you know. So, and what, what he basically said was, well, I was supposed to come back and get you, but I thought you was better off where you were at. Now, he wasn't making that up. He probably did based on him hanging out and stuff like that. But you don't know who I'm living with either. You don't know what I'm going to go through there, which I've told the stories before. I'm not going to get into that. That's not my point right now. So, now I'm, I'm a young adult. I show up, listen, I show up. Every pink elephant that everybody had in the house, I'm talking about. 
So I walked through the door. Hey, what about this right here? I'm asking all the questions because, you know, I was one of those families where nobody asked questions, you know, because they didn't want to deal with the wrath of whoever was leading them. Well, I wasn't raised with the family, so I just show up. Hey, so what about this right here? You know, hey, he, see, he always asking questions because I want to know. You know what I was? I was a thorn because I grew up. See, see, the decision that was made when I was a kid didn't figure in he's going to grow up. <laughs> he's going to grow up. He's going to ask you questions. Well, I was, I was a little bitter at first. So I wasn't just asking questions. I, I was, I was kind of nasty about how I was flowing. I, 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 I was kind of, felt kind of rejected. So I was, was a bitter, you know, you know <laughs> bitter person. <laughs> right, right. So what I'm saying is because some people were shook early in life, it affected me. And for a while, I was, listen, I was running through everybody. I was not a nice guy. I was a bitter guy. I was a mean guy. I, I, I snapped about for everything. Everything snapped. Like, like actually, what was it, the skit where the person said you called them stupid, and then they just turned stupid and they magnified it. <laughs> they couldn't hear nothing else. Stupid, you can call me stupid. No, I'm not saying you stupid. I was talking. They, they ain't even hear nothing. You just, oh, 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 stupid, I'm out. Oh, I did much worse than that. That, that was nothing. That was, that was actually nice. That was cute that they left. Because I wasn't leaving. I was going to be there until I broke you. Until I broke you down to a point where you would remember what I said for the next five, six years. Every time you see me, you will feel pain on the inside. That was the only result. You should have never crossed me. I'm not that guy no more. I'm just saying. That's, that's how we used, used to be. We just say, thank God, man. <laughs> she never met that guy, you know. <laughs> she, she said we wouldn't be together. We probably wouldn't because I, I was vicious. I was vicious with my mouth, with cussing and stuff like that. And, you know, and, 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 and I'm saying that to say, I think we need to, like, 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 step back and lock back in. Get back interwoven. We weren't designed. The scripture says it's not good for man to be alone in Genesis 2.18. Now, 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 we're man. We, we, we discuss here at Ayers all the time. Underneath the covering of man is male and female. So it's not good for us to be alone. Why? Proverbs 3 says you, you could lean to your own understanding. Right? It says lean not to your own understanding. Most of the trouble that we have is we isolate it and we, we're approving our thoughts. <laughs> Like, like we're improving our own thoughts. We ain't measuring it based on the results. We just going, that sounds good to me. Look, look, look at this. Look at this. Don't let me forget, I was at Proverbs 3, and when that's not good for man to be alone, right? Proverbs 18. I have this habit. I don't just like to say things, and sometimes it comes across like that's an interesting statement, or, or that's just his opinion. But look at what the scripture says, Proverbs eighteen. It says, verse one. It says, it says, through desire, a man having separated himself, decided to be alone, seeketh an intermeddleth with all wisdom. So he's all over the place, right? Verse two. 
It says a fool has no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. See, a fool doesn't want to understand. He's just spending all his time focusing on what he's saying. Like approving themselves. Alright, so you got if you're alone, you could lean to your own understanding. The scripture says you could deceive yourself in James chapter 1. Uh, 2 Timothy says you can oppose yourself and have to be recovered from yourself. 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25. So it's not good for us to be alone. That's why we have to stay interwoven as in a tapestry. We have to stay fitly joined. We have to stay connected. It's not good for us to be alone. And that's what happens, and the adversary is subtle, he'll just be feeding you these, these, these uh, treats. You know, almost, well, I'm trying, I'm trying to find another way of using that. I was going to say something. Uh, well, we'll just say treats. We'll just leave it at that. I won't give the example. Uh, but he, but, and, and, he, and, and you following these treats, and you're getting pulled out of the presence of God. Now, these treats are the temptations. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be lust, it could be videos, it could be anger, right? It could be uh, offense. Who said food? Oh, Terrence said it could be food. <laughs> and so, so, and what happens is, while you're being pulled out, at first you deal with what we call conviction. So, so here, here, you're, you're in the presence of God. The platform be presence of God. The edge would be the line. And so on the outside of that, the adversary is trying to tempt you like he did Eve. She saw that it was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, to make one wise. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the, pride, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So he tempted her outside of the presence of God to leave the presence of God, to partake of something. So you, you leave, when you first leave the presence of God because you've been in the presence of God, you're going you're gonna to feel something. Now, we call it conviction, right? So for a while, you're, ah, ah. Now you could, conviction is supposed to say, whoa, I've gone too far. <laughs> you, yeah, you should uh, get shook and get back in, right? But sometimes what happens is when we get out here, instead of looking for God's presence, we look for reasons. Right? Yeah. Strongholds, Remember? something to say well I mean I know I'm outside of his presence but I can always get back it's like it's like right there it's right there right then you take more you're a little further out but you go hey it's right there come on come on it's right there pivot foot I can get there then you get so caught up you, you start moving out of the presence of God. Now you're numb to the signal. You don't even feel conviction. Before you know you so far out of the presence of God, you're telling other people, you too religious. Man, it don't take all that. Oh, you one of them Jesus freaks. That's, yeah, here we go. Here we go, Bible man, right? Because you out here now, so you got to have reasons to be out here too. And the only reason to be out here, because see, the truth is touching on just that little bit of you left, that measure of faith 
that that love that was shed abroad in your heart, that little bit of you uh, uh, of you that still that that God leaves in there, as a, as a, you know, like when the planes crash, they got a a box with a, a signal so they can find the plane. That little bit of you left that's supposed to signal you like, whoa, hey, locator, you way out of the presence of God. Right? You've been so shook that you've lost. You, you, it wasn't just, you know, if you, if you tear sometimes a, a piece of thread or something, it's still a piece connected. You know, happens to me with buttons all the time. So the buttons are or come off a little bit, but they still there. They still hanging. That's okay. But I don't know. It was, it was, it was a what was it? A Resurrection Sunday. The button came off. Now I'm <laughs> right, right. It's a, it, see, you. It it took nothing for that button to fall off because I had let it get so far away and so far stretched that. All I had to do was move a certain way, and a button fell off. I, I've been moving the whole time in this service. This button ain't budged because it's tied in. Right? It's not easily shook. Right? So, so, so just meditate this week. Step back this week. Pray to God this week and ask him, where am I in your tapestry? Am I woven in? And if there's a thread loose, we need, we need to get it sewn back in. Right? We need to sew ourselves back in. Because it's not just going to affect you. I'll share this last thing and then we'll close. So I worked in corrections. And, um, and so most of the youth that I work with, so I worked in different levels, but my last level was maximum security for youth. So most of the youth were from the baby boom era. So they were all from single parents. And they were all bitter with their fathers. Just about all of them. And so we, we, did, we did what we call normative culture groups or positive peer culture groups, rap sessions, really. And so I asked them, I said, so how many of you are bitter with your dad? They raised their hands. I said, so let me ask you, so how many of you have children? Just about 80% of them had children. I said, so where are your children now? See, they, they were bitter with their dad because they said my dad is not in my, was, was, wasn't in my life. I said, so where are your children? They said, well, at home. I said, where are you? I said, you're bitter with your father because he wasn't there for you. And, you know, and if you don't know this, what you despise, you become. They actually were, were becoming the very same thing. They're very, they, they weren't there for their kids. They locked up. We have to really think about some of the choices we're making because it's affecting lives. God has set our lives up to impact lives. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish. Apart from him, we can do nothing. The vine has to be connected to the, the branches have to be connected to the vine to produce all right, so stand on your feet. That's enough for today.